Welcome to the Hobby of a Lifestyle podcast, a show that looks at how our passions impact lives and drive career choices. I'm Andy Gray, a former national and world champion kickboxer. During my shows, I'll be talking with athletes, coaches, fans and more as I delve into their world to find out what inspired them on their journey. Welcome to Hobby of a Lifestyle. Before I introduce today's guest, I just wanted to say, go and check out our social media pages. We've just got new merchandise, we've got caps, we've got t-shirts and we've got sweatshirts. They're all available to purchase just by sending us a private message to one of those social media pages. Anyway, getting on with the show, this week's guest is a multiple world champion in his sport and still only in his early 20s. I'm joined by Victor Salmon all over in Thailand. Victor is really humble and super passionate about his profession and the hobby that he loves. So let's find out the whole story. Good afternoon, Victor. Welcome to the Hobby of a Lifestyle. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. No, thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show. As we said prior to this, I was, I was just checking out your Instagram profile. And I was like, wow, I need to see if he'll come on the come on the program and just talk, <laughs> about, talk about what it is you do. Can you just tell listeners, Victor, what is your hobby? What is your passion? What is your profession? So pretty much my hobby slash passion slash job profession, whatever you want to call it, is wakeboarding. Um, I started when, so it all happened pretty much like really random. I was staying at a friend's house because my parents were both on business trips. Okay. And my friend wakeboard like here and then on the weekends. And since I was at his house, he was like, hey, you want to go wakeboard this weekend? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like I had no idea what it was, you know, like he told me it's like water skiing. So I knew what water skiing was. Yeah, I never yeah. heard of wake. So I was like, okay, like uh, I guess I'm down to try water skiing. Got there. And like when I saw like the huge lake, like, dirty water because it was like it was a wake park it's called taco it's the one i think it's one of the oldest wake parks in the world oh wow and like the lake is super old super disgusting like green water like it's nasty. <laughs> there's like lizards everywhere and snakes and i got there i was like damn i don't know if i want to try this like it looks so cool but like so then we got there i eventually tried and like straight away from the beginning as soon as i got on the water and like I mean, the first time I only rode like maybe like for 10 seconds and then yeah, fell. Yeah. But I knew as soon as I fell, like, damn, this is sick. Like, this is yeah. what I've been looking for. I've always really? been like I was younger, like getting into things like skateboarding. Okay. Um, like little things like like I was always interested in board sports, but I would never really stick to it. And then it's like the first time I was on the water, I was like straight away. Like, I know like this is for me. That's so amazing. then that day, like we spent the whole day there. I rode like from we got there at nine in the morning. I rode to like 630 when it was dark. Really? And got home, called my mom, was like, hey, like, I did something new today. Like, it's so sick. Like, please, can we go back? So then when my parents came back, I took them there. And I was like 10 years old at the time. I'm so, still about to say, how old were you when you first tried wakeboarding? Because we talked we talked about it, didn't we? That you're actually Belgian originally, but you said that you haven't lived in Europe. Most of your life, you've no. been over in Thailand. And how, how, what, what caused the movement over to Thailand? Was it parents working? Yeah, so I was I was born in Hong Kong because my dad was working there. Right. And then uh, when I turned two, he got transferred to Thailand, so I moved to right. Thailand. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And so this taco, taco Lake that you're talking about is in Thailand? Yeah, it's in Thailand. Wow. And so I was riding there for maybe like two months until – and every time I would look like wakeboard videos in Thailand, there was this place called Thai Wake Park, and it looked amazing. But it was like a little bit further away then taco from my house and then one day i decided to go there and it, it's like one of the best wake parks in the world it's where i train now since like the last 10 years so i went there and i never went back to taco since that day like i got there <laughs> like clear blue water like 
amazing <gasps> obstacles, perfect yeah, conditions. Yeah. Like everything was perfect. So I was like, okay, this is the spot. Like, and then for the last 10 years, that's been my home park. Wow. So at 10 year old, you've tried wakeboarding for the first time. You're absolutely hooked on it. You've told your parents, this is the sport you want to, you want to pursue. What did your parents say when you said, yeah, okay. Was it kind of Victor? Okay. You've tried one. You've tried it one day, you know, let's try it again and make sure it's something you definitely want to do. Like in the beginning, it was kind of like, cause there were so many things I was doing. And then I, like after two months, I'd get bored. Like I, they buy me all the equipment. And then yeah, once yeah. I get all the equipment, I'm bored. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. I want to yeah. do this. So they were super supportive by like taking me every weekend and stuff. And then it took maybe like two months till I got my first board. Cause that's when they saw it. Cause I, I started going every day after school, like oh. only talking about that, like was so into it. So that's when they saw like, all right, like he's improving. He's super into it. Like yeah. I think it's time to get him a board. So they got me my first board. And then from then I did my first competition, did terrible, like totally lost, like right. came last place, like the under 13s <laughs> division. So, but were and, you were still um, 10 years old when you done your first competition? Yeah, it was after three months of riding. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I couldn't ride at all. Like I just did it because my friends were in it. So yeah, I was yeah. like, all right, I'll do it fun. And then I came last and then my mom was kind of like, oh, like, are you going to stop riding? Like, you know, you're improving really fast. Like you shouldn't let it take you down. And I was like, no, like I want to be on top of that podium. Like, wow. you know, like it didn't like all it did was motivate me because yeah, yeah. I wanted to do what the others were doing. So then from there, like I trained like crazy, like every day I was going after school, like riding as much as possible. And then even like skipping school, like pretending to be sick to go to the <laughs> cable. And then uh, they that. had this Asian wake park tour. And so that, I did that contest after I think eight months of riding. Right. And then I did it again in the under 13s and then I won it. Wow. And then it, with that contest, it was the Asian Wake Park Tour. Uh, if you want to stop, they would pay your ticket to the next stop. Oh, wow. So the next stop was in Singapore. So they paid my ticket to go to Singapore. What was that like then? When your parents were kind of like, look at, wow, Victor, you know, you've qualified to not just compete, but you've qualified to compete in a different country. That is an amazing achievement for someone who's under 13 to be given that opportunity. Yeah, that was, I think that was kind of like what, you know, kind of, because they were, I was, they were always supportive, but I think that was the thing that like made them be like, all right, like, this is something he's really good at. Like, we should, you know, like invest in it fully, like. And wow. I've been super lucky with my parents are always super supportive with everything. And yeah. like, for sure, I'm where I'm at because of them. Like all the times my parents been sitting at the lake all day yeah. waiting for me, paying for my taxis to go there, paying for my year memberships to train, like before I got sponsored by the parks. Yeah, yeah. So thanks to them. <laughs> no, that's fantastic that to highlight the support that you've had from families. And I think it, having done this podcast for 30 something episodes now, it's something that I have learned that, a lot of parents have been a great support throughout a person's yeah. journey when it comes to becoming a professional. Ten-year-old, you're doing wakeboarding. You know, you do. You win an under thirteen tournaments where you're getting to travel abroad now. Did somebody at the park look at you and go, "We need to train this guy," or was it just a case of you were watching other people, or were you is part of a group and a team that were learning? Or did how did that work? So I'd say like sports like wakeboarding, surfing, skateboarding, snowboarding are all like very creative sports. And most pros that I've talked to, even in other sports, don't have a coach unless it's for like, you know, like uh, like health wise, kind of like physio yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. But for actual riding, 
I think most of it is like has to come from yourself in a way. Like I think in the beginning, it's good to get a coach to kind of help you get all the basics. Yeah, of course. When you start at that pro level, you kind of need to, you know, because it's always kind of because the like the thing is now all the pros are so good yeah. that it's the person who's going to win is the one who does something different. Yeah, of course. Because everyone can do the hard tricks, but it's kind of the person who's going to do the different thing yeah, yeah. that's going to stand out. So I'd to say like when that pro level it kind of has to come from yourself more than okay. from a coach and how, how old do you think you were when that self-coaching kicked in was it pretty much um, straight away or was it just after that first tournament i'd say yeah the first tournament the tournament was what like pushed me to yeah. be like all right i want these tricks and Tai Wake Park because it's one of the best wake parks in the world and it's in thailand like it's like the winter destination for yeah. all wakeboarders so i was there like this little 10 12 year old fanboy like seeing all these best riders in the world and like you know being like the little fanboy and asking them like tips for everything so i was lucky in that sense wow. getting to see like the best riders do their tricks and yeah, kind of yeah. copying away and you know getting like advice and all that so they were always super helpful and it's kind of cool like being like they're like that fanboy kid and then growing up like competing with them and stuff yeah i can imagine was there any of those Guys that you looked at who said, actually, Victor, you know what is you're really talented. I think that if you do stick in and keep doing what you're doing, you'll be writing against us as you get older. I had a, yeah, I had a few other pros like telling me like, yeah, like, you know, like they'd come for the winter and then they'd go home for the summer, compete and everything. They come back to, like, damn, like you've improved so much. Like soon you're going to be competing with us. And it was like, for me, because I was, I was looking up to them so much, like, you know, it was really motivating yeah, to like must get a that. huge confidence boost. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. Let's, sorry, because I know we've kind of digressed a little bit, but I just wanted to find out a little bit more about the journey. So this first tournament, when you travel abroad to Singapore, what's that experience like being able to say to your friends as well? You know what it is? I'm actually traveling abroad now to do something that I really love. It was, it was so cool, like, um, getting to miss school for, like, a contest. And, you know, all the, and, like, the teacher I had at that time was, like, he was a surfer, so he was, wow. like, super into it. Yeah. So, you know, he video call me, during like class time and like you know like in front of all the other students like so i'd show them like i showed them the wake park like look at this and like uh you know kind of explaining how everything was going everywhere so it was super cool to have like a teacher that was supportive because i know a lot of kids that i grew up riding with who were trying to become pro didn't get any support from the school or the parents so you know if it was like if the school wasn't supporting it like the parents wouldn't because school would yeah, come first yeah of so they never got to that level and kind of stopped slowly over the yeah, years yeah. which sucks but yeah yeah certainly but was that was that quite a defining moment for you when you qualified for an international tournament and it was being paid yeah. for where that's when the whole world just kind of explodes and now it's i know you're only young as well but it's, is it possible for you then to go this is it's certainly achievable to become a professional now that i'm winning these tournaments and getting paid to go abroad? Mm -hmm. That's yeah, that's when I realized that this is what I wanted my career to be. Yeah, yeah. Like till then, you know, I was like, I really enjoy this. Like, I don't think I'll ever make money out of this. Like it's it's my hobby. I'm doing it for fun. But that's when I was like, oh, like, you know, if I keep doing what I'm doing, maybe one day like this could become my job. Yeah, and yeah. then like I won in Singapore as well in the under 13. Wow. So then in the on the last stop in the Philippines, I decided to compete in advanced men. Wow. So that's when I could against like older people and i think there i got third place which like for me was you know just to be in the final already that was already amazing. like and then as a 13 so year old as well yeah it was it was like for me it was amazing like 
It was so much fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I'm sitting here listening and thinking it's amazing. <laughs> you saw a 13-year-old compete against men. And I suppose with wakeboarding, because it's it's not a sport where it's relying on strength against somebody else or a competitive element where you're going to be in contact with somebody. It doesn't yeah. matter what age you are, you'll be able to compete against the adults from being a young age if you're good enough. Like now there's kids like competing in pro men with us and they're like 15 years old, 16 wow. years old, like kids. And they're like, you know, like you'd be scared to be against them in a way yeah. like they're doing. And the thing is when you're young, like if you get injured, you're back in a week. Um, your knees don't hurt yet. Yeah, your yeah. shoulders. So like you can go big and it's not going to hurt. Like me, yeah. like I remember when like 13, 14, 15, like going huge off the kickers, feeling like nothing in my knees yeah. now, like. I go big off the kicker one day, the next day I'm like, okay, I think I need to stay off today. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. So come in third place in the pro men's tournament. Again, it's another good It was an advanced men, so like the, just before pro men. Okay, but that's still an amazing achievement to be an advanced men just before the oh, pro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get the third, what are, what are people saying to you to become? When, you, when you're that age, 13 year old, you're coming third in an advanced men's category. So yeah, that's when... I was getting so many people like I was getting a lot of compliments from a lot of people and a lot of like companies were approaching me right, okay. for sponge all that. And like me being like 13 up and all these companies wanted to just give away like free stuff, you know, yeah. like, Oh, we'll give you and we sign you in for a year. And you know, for me, like being 13, like having a sponsor sounded awesome. So I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then but my parents, like, no, like, you know, like you got to try to get more from them, like at least a bit of money or something. Yeah, yeah. And that's, like I started because I wasn't thinking of it back then. I wasn't thinking of it as like a job or anything. I was yeah, just thinking of having fun, getting to travel. But my parents were like, you know, if you want to make this a career, like you got to try get more. Like you can't say yes to the first company. Yeah. So then I kind of, you know, like turned down a lot of companies that would or like, you know, a lot of companies be like, we give you 50 percent off on all our yeah, stuff. Of course. Which, as to a thirteen-year-old, you think that's awesome. Uh, yeah, of course. Because I can imagine it's not a cheap sport either, breakboard. And I imagine it's quite an expensive sport. So what I so like I signed with uh with the shop here at Tai Wake Park and uh through them I was just getting free boards, but I mean a board's like over a thousand dollars. So wow. that was okay. And then I kind of slowed with like all the small like sunglass brands, clothing brands, all yeah, that. Yeah. So I was to like my writing improved so it would be normal that I got better offers. Yeah, of course. And that is like a, a great thing for your parents to step in. Because let's be honest, if your yeah. parents haven't been involved with that sport as well, it would have been very easy for them to go, wow, this is a great offer, Victor. Yeah, let's do this. Because they would just be thinking about the son's welfare and getting some free stuff in, getting cheaper stuff, that, yeah. just the fun, the hobby. But it's fantastic that they've had that business acumen about them to say, okay, Victor, let's just sit back, let's look at the offers and it's okay to, yeah. to drop money because if you're good enough, that people are going to come back in for that. Yeah, I think it was good because it's kind of what made me think, like, it's what made me realize that I could actually make a career out of yeah, it. Yeah, certainly. What's it like, though, as you see, as a 13-year-old, and all of a sudden you're being approached by a sponsor to go, look, Victor, we think you're brilliant. Yeah, for me, it was insane. I couldn't believe it. I was so happy. Oh, yeah, like, <laughs> like, already I got to skip school to travel to all these, like, amazing wake parks yeah. and, like, ride with, like, super good riders and make, like, like, I made so, all my, like, friends I made, like, that first year of traveling yeah, of and I'm still best friends with them. Like, I see them, and now I travel, like, the whole six months for the, like, Europe and America yeah. with them. So it's, it's awesome. Like, I was just having the time of my life. I can imagine, <laughs> how old were you when the, you jumped from the advanced, van, advanced men's section 
to the professional section? When I was 14. Wow. That's wow. And do you have to be invited to do that as well? So you have contests, like, for example, the World Championships and stuff, yeah. where you either have to, like, anyone can join in, but you have to pay an entry fee. Yeah, of course. Or you invite it and you don't have to pay the entry fee. And then you have all the, like, Red Bull contests, yeah. which uh, you can, like, they'll only invite, like, 10 people. So I got invited to my first. So I started doing, like, the World Championships and all that when I was 14 in Pro Men. Wow. And I never podium that would always get like semi-final maybe a final but i never podium till right. i was about 15 i think i had my first pro podium <laughs> i love the fact that you just said i didn't yeah you know i did them but i didn't really podium it was only a year after you turned pro that you podium. that's <laughs> like absolutely phenomenal what was it like to podium as a 15 year old at a pro men's tournament like it was insane because it's from the beginning that's what i was pushing towards yeah yeah so um to reach like what I wanted to was, you know, was amazing. Like I remember going to these big contests when I was 15 and being like, okay, if I can get third place, I'd be happy. If I can get into the final, I'll be happy because I still make some money. Yeah, yeah. This and that, the like, you know, make it like qualify first place, then get into semifinals first place and go into the finals in first place being like, shit, like if I don't mess up now, I could actually win this. It was crazy. <laughs> what, yeah, what does it feel like? to come back from a world championships as a 15 year old and say, I'm the third best wakeboarder in the world. It was crazy. Like I, I never really realized it in a way just cause I was having so much fun, you know, yeah, yeah. like looked at it like, Oh my God, I'm like this good. But, uh, cause I was just having too much fun with it. But when that's I like amazing. look at it, like people tell me about it, that's like when I kind of realized I'm like, Oh, it's sick. <laughs> oh, it's, it's incredible. I mean, your family and friends back home must be just like, I can't believe that you're 15 years old and you're the third best person in the world. And we're not talking kids anymore. We're talking adults. Yeah, it was. I remember till till like recently, I was always the youngest person in the finals. Wow. Until like when I turned 18, 19, and then you started getting these kids that were like 16 yeah, that are like yeah, really. Yeah. And then now that I'm 20, I have like there's a lot more like 16, 17 that were like yeah, me course. back. Yeah, 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 that's absolutely amazing. <laughs> and what has been your highest finish at a world championship since that bronze medal? Um, so there's plastic plate. There's a couple different organizations. That, there's three organizations that do world championships. Yeah, yeah. Um, so with uh, WWA, which is the main one, I've won it in Abu Dhabi in, I think it was 2017. Wow. So I won that one once. And then Plastic Playgrounds, which is another stop that does World Series, I won the stop in Bali and then the third organization, I never joined it because it's like a, it's like a government kind of federation and okay. you have to get in and the Belgian like team doesn't support their riders at all. Kind right. of like they don't pay the flights. And the thing is, cause it's the government thing, your government has to pay you. So okay, right. you okay. have to pay. To get to fly like to like from Thailand to Europe, for example, yeah, yeah. pay your hotel and everything, and then if you win the contest, you still get nothing. Yeah. So it's like not worth putting in all the money to get nothing out of it. No, I totally understand that. And it, but what an amazing thing to say that you've won two of the biggest world championships for the two biggest government bodies in the world. That's pretty impressive. It just shows how consistent you are as well as a performer. It's yeah, and I've always like. Losing always motivated me like crazy to not lose and then yeah, winning yeah. always motivated me to be there again. So 
it's always yeah <laughs> but yeah it's absolutely incredible to be what what was the what was the big the first big sponsor where it really made a difference to your life where it was like i know you've seen you've been sponsored by the park and i'm sure that makes a massive difference to just your training element the fact that you, you're getting a ball yeah. you maybe don't have to pay to go and train anymore but outside of that training area where you, you go in what was the what was it like getting the first big sponsor and how did it change everything so uh i got so my first big offer was from slingshot which is a like a board and kiteboard company yeah. and it's one of the biggest wakeboard companies and it was the company i always looked up to because it's one of the biggest yeah. and uh so they all came to me i remember i was in they were in thailand shooting for a movie that they were going to shoot with the whole team and so i met the owner jeff mckee in the philippines when i was 13 for the asian yeah. wake park and uh he came up to me then and was like hey like uh like you know he, he introduced himself and everything and was like, you know, if you keep doing what you're doing, maybe one day, like, you know, we could like work something out. And then like, you know, I like I got super excited, but I never thought anything of it. You know, I was like kind of like, OK, like he's going back to America. I'm going back to Thailand. I probably won't need him again. Like and then he came to Thailand to shoot that film with the whole Slingshot team. And then, then he like on the last day he came and gave me an offer. Wow. And I like I felt bad as well because I was the Thai Wake Park team was sponsoring me for about two years then. And they were super supportive. Yeah. yeah. And like, this was like a, the best offer, like I could get for my age and everything. Yeah. So for me, it was thing. And um, so I remember feeling super bad going to like the owner and being like, Hey, like, so I just got this offer from Slingshot and I know my contract's not over yet, but like, they really want to sign me for the yeah. beginning of next year. It was already like December. So I felt bad, like trying to end my contract early. Um, but then the owner straight away was super supportive. Like, yeah, dude, go for it. Like, this is like what you've been, you yeah, know, yeah. kind of pushing towards that's and everything. Amazing. So like, I got that's to amazing. move. To, and that I'm still with fantastic, them. isn't it? The fact that he's probably seen you grow up as well, though, from being a 10 year old going along there. So he knows what your aspirations were. And if you're saying Slingshot are the biggest organization and the biggest company in the world for this, I suppose it, it doesn't make sense not to. And I suppose if you're attached to Slingshot and still going to Tire Wake Park anyway, He's still going to yeah. benefit from you being there and training. Exactly. And I still had the park sponsor and all that, yeah, just yeah. not the shop. Yeah, so. Them, But yeah, that was super cool. Them, And now I'm still with Slingshot. And this year I just got my, well, no, well, yeah, this year I just got my signature board with them. Wow. So How does yeah, that feel? Have your own signature board? It's insane. Like, especially like already just getting it. Like I have it right here next to me in my room. Like the first one they sent me. Wow. Um, but uh, yeah, I forgot that it wasn't video. <laughs> so I was well, anyway, you can still show me it later on. That's fine. <laughs> Let me have a look. You can send me a picture of it as well. Oh wow! Okay. And do you do you get feedback? So how you want it to be exactly when they're, they're making this? Yeah. So um, this year, the one from the, for this year, I designed it last year. But the one for this year, I didn't really have much input in it. They kind of came up with a couple designs. I had the input for the shape of the board. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I had the input for like, uh, they, I mean, they kind of sent me some designs and I was like, okay, I'll pick this one and like change a couple of things. Yeah. But then for the board for next year, I kind of got to do the whole thing, wow. which was really cool. Yeah. These- and like, it's insane to get it and see it, but like seeing other people buy it and That was going to be my question. You yeah. know, you were that 10 year old, yeah. 10, 12 year old, 
and you were looking up to these professionals who were coming to Tyree Park during the during the winter months training, and you're probably buying their board or trying to trying to aspire yeah. have their board. What's it like now when kids are coming to you and going, Victor, I've got your board, will you sign my board? Look at this. It's it's insane. Like it's everything I've wanted since I started and to now have it and to be living it, it's insane and I'm super grateful for it. It's you have to almost pinch yourself sometimes to go, wow, this is real. Yeah, <laughs> kinda. Because you're still only young yourself at the end of the day. I mean, 20 year old is you've already achieved so much in such a short time. You know, there's people who are probably still aspiring to do exactly what it is you've achieved within the sport. How do you how do you manage that and sort of the expectations that are on your shoulders as a 20-year-old world champion, professional wakeboarder? I, like, for me, I don't, like, I don't want to say I don't take it seriously because I take it super seriously, but it's yeah, like, I never, um, for me, it's never kind of, like, phased me so much. I never put so much pressure on myself and been like, oh, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to, I've kind of, because I've been having so much fun with it the whole yeah. way through. Um it's always just been like doing a hobby, but then being able to kind of make a living on the side. And because I'm having so much fun, I'm not stressing about it and all that. So yeah, I guess yeah. how I could put it. <laughs> no, that's, uh, it's unbelievable. Where's your favorite place that you've competed? Competed? Oof, it's difficult. Like I'd have to do a top three, probably well, let's like. Do it. The, let's do it. The Philippines, there's this part called CWC. Right. It's like eight hours out of Manila in the middle of nowhere under a volcano oh, wow. and it's probably the biggest uh wake park in the world they have like one big wake park then a boat lake and then six two tower cables wow. so and they have an, an amazing setup it's like it's amazing it's like it's kind of like paradise for wakeboarding right. just the like it sucks as it's in the middle of nowhere so like after a month there you kind of get burnt out because you can only be at the cave because right, it's okay. like nothing all around yeah yeah uh you're from england right i am okay so london they do this contest called plastic playgrounds which is probably the biggest event in wakeboarding wow uh, so that's probably my like what definitely one of my favorites because the park there is insane and all the riders go there so everyone's together so it's super like a super fun week because everyone's yeah, yeah. together together and then my third is difficult because i want to say here my home but then also, like, in France, they do this contest called Fees, and they build the park in the middle of the city. Wow. And you have, like, thousands of people coming to watch because they have, like, a wakeboard event, a BMX event, a mountain bike event, skateboard event. Oh, wow, so that all the amazing. All these. It's kind of like X Games, but a European yeah, yeah. version. Wow. So you kind of come there, and it's super cool just having the whole city there, like, to watch. So I think those are definitely, like, my top three no, to go to. Not- yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. How has COVID affected your your um, training and, and, and your competition? Has it affected you massively out there? So it affected us super bad for the contest season because the whole thing got cancelled, yeah. obviously. But for training, so they closed the – what sucked was they closed the cable for um, about two months. So I couldn't ride for two months, and then they opened it. And in those two months, I got super into skateboarding because the only thing that was open was the skate park. Right, okay. Um, super into skateboarding. And then they reopened up the park. I got to ride the first aid, and the second day I went skateboarding and then broke my ankle. Well, this uh-huh. my ankle. So then I was uh-huh. out for months. And now that I'm, like, getting back into it, like, I, since a month now, I've been getting back into it, like, properly, like, back yeah, to yeah. the level yet and being able to push myself again. COVID's having like its second yeah. hit in time. 
And right. so now they're starting to talk about whether they're going to close the park again. Right. But it, kinda, it was getting super bad, super quick last week. So they were talking about closing it and now it's going down again. So okay. hopefully we're going to keep Fingers it open. Just, oh yeah. We're on a full lockdown again here in England. No way. That's yeah, yeah, the whole th- th- third, third lockdown. It's crazy. So what are the aspirations moving forward with wakeboarding? Um, so I think like my three goals kind of are to keep doing what I'm doing, like riding at a, a professional level, podiuming everything and hopefully winning everything <laughs> till like till an old age, like try to keep my body as fit as possible and to be able to do this as long as possible. And then I kind of want to get more involved with the sport, like uh, by having my own wake park one day. Wow. Uh, that's like, that's like a big goal for me is to have my own cable one day. And, uh, and then my third goal, I don't know. <laughs> no, that's pretty like, two, two impressive goals already. Yeah. Like that would be enough for me just to keep going till like my 35, 36 years. And then to have a cable by then hopefully would be like, that would be like my dream. If yeah. I can achieve that. And I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure, but I'm sure you'll be able to, if you keep going the way you're going, if another 15, 16 years of competition and winning, I'm sure you'll probably have <laughs> one of the most successful wake parks in the world. <laughs> It'd be amazing. Oh, well, who wouldn't want to come and train at one of those, I suppose? You know, why would you not want to go <laughs> to train with the best person in the world who's consistent for the last, but well, it's going to be what, it's going to be a 22 year career almost by the time you retire, which would be, yeah, which would be fantastic, wouldn't it? You're just saying there about training and keeping your body healthy. What does, when you're in season and you're competing regularly, what does a regular week look like in your training calendar? In a com- competition? Yeah. In okay, so um, usually contests would be like Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. So I'd usually get to, uh, so like the Monday would be like the hangover day. Like that's the yeah. day I like stay and I do nothing. Then the Tuesday I'd probably fly to the next country. Right. Um, and then, uh, so fly, like, for example, like from Belgium to England, then I'd get there, ride a little bit. And then from Wednesday to Friday, I'm pretty much at the park most of the day, like training, trying to figure out what I want to do for the contest. Maybe like I always, every time I'd go somewhere, if I've been there before, I try to go, like, for example, if I go to Bali, I'll go surf a lot. If I go to L- England, I'll go to London and do all the like yeah. stuff there's in the city. Um, so I always try to not be like too much in it. Because yeah. every time I I like only train and burn myself out and never do good. So to kind of live the same way I would when I'm back home, like, okay. you know, kind of like train two hours, yeah. go do something, come back in the evening to train a little more, not burn myself out. That's when like I do my best. So pretty much the week I'm training and trying to experience a bit. And then the two days of the contest, I'm there for the contest, do the whole weekend pretty much. And then after Sunday party after the podium, and then Monday, chill all day, and then Tuesday to the next that's, country. <laughs> yeah, it's quite an impressive. And so, is there any any gym involved or any other extra? You know, is there any running involved? Is there any of this stuff that you see other athletes doing when they're in the gym all the time or they're going for runs? Or, so, or is it just literally a wakeboard because that's what you are a wakeboarder? Yeah, like during the contest season, there's no like extra, like it's just wakeboarding. Yeah, like, yeah. I have time or like, I mean, it's more that I'm too lazy, like to get up at seven and go to the gym and then after go wakeboard, you know, I'll yeah, rather yeah. like sleep a little and then go like put on my gym. So wakeboarding. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, in the contest season, it's just wakeboarding. 
and in a way i feel like it's enough to keep you strong because it's a hard it's hard on your body like getting pulled and everything by the cable it's a hard like after day of wakeboarding you're destroyed oh yeah so oh and then when i'm back in thailand because it's perfect weather here we're kind of wakeboarding every day so the only times i really do like at least once or twice a week i'll try like you know go cycling for the day or go like for a run like here like a couple times in the evenings throughout the week to work on like my muscles but most of the time like wakeboarding is my main yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's great i just just wanted to ask that one just to see what your training regimen was that's that's brilliant so what would your one bit of advice be to someone who wants to follow in the footsteps of victor salmon <laughs> um let me think about this one um i'd say the like the first thing was be like you have to be super super motivated like it has to come from you it can't be like something your parents want you to do or something you're doing because your friends are doing like it has to come from you and it has to be what you want um and then yeah just kind of put everything you have into it like if you're passionate about it like i was and like a lot of the kids like growing up and getting really good now are then it shouldn't be hard like you just have to put all your like everything you have into it and not sidetracked by the things that aren't important like i have a lot of friends that got into like partying and all that and then totally forgot about wakeboarding so kind of put everything you have into it and not get sidetracked by everything else like obviously i need to have a a social life and do things besides wakeboarding but like your main focus should be like that yeah no that's brilliant advice for for young people and i I love the fact that you're saying don't be influenced by parents or by friends do something that intrigues you regardless of what it is I think that's brilliant excellent Victor thank you so much for your time today and for coming on Hobby of a Lifestyle I've really enjoyed learning about your journey and I'm you know I'm kind of gobsmacked by what you've achieved a 20 year old it's brilliant (laughs) thank you dude I really appreciate it it was cool to get the message in the morning like hey you want to be on my podcast (laughs) oh no well I appreciate you know it's one of those ones I don't want to stick to one sport I want to cover as many different sports and hobbies as possible because had, I think like, young people aren't exposed to enough these days. It's true. Like I've seen you had like boxing, kiteboarding, bunch of yeah. stuff on your podcast. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day and all the best with the season moving forward. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Hobby of a Lifestyle. Stay safe, stay well, and we'll see you next time.